Hello and welcome to Concert Pipeline. I'm Steve Jones. Today on the program we have The Dales. Uh, this was a fun one. Uh, I had a really good time. I had the chance to talk to True Lawrence uh, and Jackie Tazi uh, from The Dales uh, about the, how they met, you know, kind of the foundation of the band and kind of when Jackie took over as uh, uh, one of the vocalists in the band, uh, some of their own histories as well, um, and uh, and we had a really fun conversation. So we'll we'll get to that in uh, just a few minutes here. Before we do, let you know what kind of what's going on with in my world. Um, I'll tell you, the kids started school last week, and uh, there's been changes uh, through that. It's it's interesting to see my daughter. Uh, actually kind of transform into someone else, you know, uh, like overnight, literally overnight from the first day of school, she just was a completely different person visually. Uh, she was wearing uh, a deaf leopard shirt on her first day of school and uh, baggy pants with bell bottom bottoms and with rips in the knees, big old rips intentionally there. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, and apparently she had that plan. She got that from, it was close from, you know, her mom and her stepdad hemmed them uh, of the pants, I guess, and everything. I, I don't know what was going on there, but there were subsequent days where there were different band shirts like Nirvana. Uh, and so this is, uh, you know, persona she's driving. And I got to give her credit because uh, she made friends on the first day of school. She was so proud. Two different friend groups uh, that she became friends with at her new school. And, uh, and that's great. I, something I was never able to do at her age, right? So I was super proud of her uh, for uh, for that. And she she has friends to bike home with uh, from school and everything. So she's she's grown up, and it's an, it's crazy. It's uh, it's really different. Uh, my son also started at a new school, and uh, his school is a block and a half away from uh, where we live. It's really close, but there were challenges there in terms of building up his comfort and confidence with walking to school and using the crossing guards. Uh, to as support, um, making sure he's focused on traffic and where everything is at there. Um, and, uh, and that's been a long process building up to the point where his mom bought him a phone, uh, a flip phone with the old numbers where you had to go like CCC, A, TT, or what, what have you, you know, to spell the word cat. You had to type multiple times on the same letter. So that sort of thing. So I'm going to have to teach my son how to text old-fashioned style uh, on this phone. He still haven't, hasn't got it yet, but he, we put our contacts in there and a couple of close family members so he can be on the phone walking home and feel comfortable that someone's there with him, even if we're not walk, physically walking home with him. So he's just started um, doing that to the point where he's on his own with that. Uh, so big transition for him, uh, starting in a new school, new class, but he's uh, he was super nervous up front going to school too. Uh, but those nerves have uh, diminished. He really likes his class and classmates and his teacher and, uh, and everything's going swimmingly on, uh, uh, you know, on that front. So uh, what else going on today? Uh, I got eight and a half cubic yards of uh, bark dropped off in front of my house uh, where tomorrow my buddy Joe and I are going to, uh, to move all of the bark to my backyard and lay, uh, lay down over all of the dirt that um, that is there from the dead grass that I had uh, already dug up previously. So we got a project ahead of us for tomorrow. That should be fun. And then next next week, I'm hitting the road a little bit. I'm going up to uh, Nevada to visit a friend and uh, and see Dave Matthews Band. Uh, who, uh, 
we bought tickets to that show in, in Nevada and should, should be pretty fun, should be pretty entertaining. And then the next day driving down south uh, to um, uh, Mendota to go out for early dove hunting or I guess dove opener. Um, and I've never really hunted dove. So, uh, so that's gonna be f uh, fun also to get back into the, the hunting game on that front. Um, it's gonna be hot, but um, look forward to getting out and hitting some birds and, uh, and bringing them home. Uh, should be a good time. That's a, gonna take a couple of days away and just hit the road. But I mean, I'll tell you, it's pretty challenging because there's so many details logistically involved in even making that happen in terms of kid drop off that, you know, even on days that are not my days to have the kids, uh, I still have to be here and around and present. So I had to enlist the help of my mom to say, okay, can you come to my house two days and be there when my son gets off of school and take my daughter to tutoring and, uh, and all of that, right? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a process and, and it makes you feel like sometimes, you know, sometimes I just, I don't have any time outside of that. Right. So I even doing the podcast, I'm like, when can I squeeze time in to do interviews and, uh, and to be able to record the podcast? Because the kids are here practically every day now at, at my house and in some capacity. And, and I love them. They're my kids. They're they're amazing. Uh, but man, I enjoyed also the luxury of having breathing room, um, you know, and some time to myself or go visit friends or what have you on days that I didn't have kids before I uh, moved here and uh, the, the kids are going to school right next to me, right? So, you know, it's all a transition and it's all working through it and figuring it out as we go. Uh, so we'll we'll see, we'll see where that goes. Um, and I'm also looking forward to in like a week and a half seeing um, Andrew McMahon in the wilderness. He's coming to the Masonic in San Francisco and Joe, my buddy Joe, his wife and I are going to go. Um, I should be able to bring some footage and pictures back from that to be able to use on the program uh, as well because we're, uh, I got a photo pass for that. So we'll be bringing back some content for the program. Um, a couple of good concerts coming up. That's, uh, that's kind of what's cooking. We have some good interviews in the pipeline. Um, I will tell you also that yesterday I had the the shortest interview I've ever had, and uh, and I've done hundreds of these uh, programs, but I literally had about a 30 second interview yesterday with uh, Connor Maynard. Um, and he's a big YouTuber to the point where he has like two and a half billion views from across all of his videos. Um, and uh, he's made a, a bunch of music, covered a bunch of songs and has an amazing voice. And the technology just, didn't work in his favor and timing didn't work in his favor to be able to get that done yesterday. I talked to him twice for 30 seconds uh, through through Zoom and uh, we had to reschedule for a little bit later uh, next week. So we'll see if that actually comes through and happens, but it might only be an audio pod, uh, which takes me to the point of mentioning that uh, make sure you're uh, subscribing to the program. Again, I will put a plug out for the fact that we have all of our episodes, all of our back episodes of Concert Pipeline available on Spotify, Apple Music, and Stitcher now, and all of our programming, of course, that we've done video-wise on YouTube. Uh, not all the programs have been on YouTube, uh, but since the uh, since COVID hit, we, uh, we've been rolling most of our programs out on YouTube with the one-off exception where there's uh, no video. So, uh, so check it out, subscribe, like, comment, 
do it all. Reach out. We'd love to hear from you. And, uh, and we'll keep bringing you great content like we are today with, with the Dales. So um, without further ado, I'm going to bring in Drew and Jackie uh, from the Dales. Here they are. Here you are. Drew, Jackie, how are you doing? Hi, good. good. How, how are you? you? Hey, doing really good. Doing really good. Thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. Sure. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, you are on tour right now, right? Yes. yes. Somewhere between Boston and Washington, D.C. Right in the middle. We have our right. off day, and then uh, we'll be in D.C. tomorrow. Nice. What does the off day look like? What do you What do you have cooking? You know what? It's not a bad off day. Um, my parents live uh, on the beach in Jersey, so we had like a little, a little beach day. It was just like a nice little beach day. Hung out, read. It was great. Spent time with family. You were you did some work. I, I did a little run on the boardwalk this yeah. morning. That was lovely. And yeah. then uh, I had a nice little date lunch with our other bandmate, Preston, at Whole Foods, which was uh, <laughs> splendid. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, do, you, do you get out and run every morning? Is that, like, uh, is that something you, you like to do? Yeah, this was my fifth day, my fifth 5K of the tour. So really? trying, to, uh, trying to do it healthy style this time around. <laughs> so you so you do actual races while you're on tour oh no just with my okay, or just just a dress around <laughs> okay okay <laughs> that works i was like you have to plan the tour out around the, the 5k race right that you would know, be like, something to write about that yeah. would be <laughs> <laughs> like i know we're up all night driving the van and everything but i gotta get out to that race in the morning <laughs> yeah. you know burning that yeah. uh that candle at both ends i feel yeah I feel, so <laughs> so yeah well, thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. I'm looking uh, forward to our chat here. Um, I know we have a lot to talk about with the new album coming out. And um, I want to start uh, by kind of diving into a little bit about how you two met um, and, uh, and came together. Because I know there's an interesting story there that involves a hot spring. Yes. Um, it was, I guess, almost four years ago. Uh, Drew was vacationing in Mammoth and I was doing the same and we found ourselves in the same hot spring um and one of his buddies was was trying to trying to pick me up he was trying his best he was, he was failing he was failing <laughs> he was trying didn't succeed best. okay he did not <laughs> succeed um and you know you don't have your phone you don't have reception out there you don't have your phone on you and um I started talking to them about how I was really interested in getting into music but I didn't have uh, a connection necessarily and uh, his friend kept being like, oh, you got to get in with Drew. You got to get in with Drew. So Drew gave me his uh, email address and I put it in my head. And um, nine months later, I emailed him. Or no, it was a year later, I emailed him. I finally like worked up the cojones and emailed him. And then nine months after that, he responded to me. And uh, so it was like this very long, drawn out, weird situation um and we met for a uh, writing session and it was immediate chemistry it just we just kicked it off yeah, yeah. yeah. but we both so drew do you, do you have a delay in a nine month delay in all of your emails or is that just uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah i can't believe I, th I i can't believe that she even responded to me because it was like i think it was like at least nine months but yeah. i mean I was driving back to Mammoth and I it like hit me when I was driving by that hospital. I was like, oh shit, that girl emailed me <laughs> like a year ago. And damn it. And so I got up there and I was, and I think I emailed back, like, I'm like the biggest piece of crap in the world. Like, but I, uh, I would actually love to do a session with you if you're still interested. So it took us two years to 
get from the hot springs into the studio, but <laughs> the hot springs into the studio, I like that. It was a long commute, you know, but uh, yeah. you got got there, right? Yeah. And, yeah, and so uh, so we, before we kind of go forward, let's kind of go back to your your childhoods and kind of musical influences uh, there. Uh, uh, Jackie, I know you were never in any other bands before. Did tell me about kind of as a kid, what did you listen to growing up? What were your parents musically inclined at all? Oh man, um, I mean, my family be so big in in music um, at all of our like family functions. Like my best biggest like heart memories are standing around a kitchen, like dancing and singing to like Sweet Judy Blue Eyes is our family anthem. Just like a lot of classic uh, CCR and Dire Straits and uh, I mean, all the classics. And, uh, but me personally, I loved soul and like these big powerhouse females like Ari Lennox and uh, Sade and uh, my my range kind of goes all over the place. Um, uh, like Lake Street Dive right now is somebody that I'm I'm in love with. That I think Rachel Price is just amazing. She's somebody I aspire um, to be. Yeah. And uh, yeah, kind of all over the place musically. I also was like I loved uh, musical theater. You know, like when yeah. I saw Wicked for the first time mm. at like nine or 10 years old with Adina Menzel, I erupted in chills. Um, so I, that's like a long-winded answer to your question, but I'm sort of all over the map, uh, but always had that, that dream as a kid to, uh, to perform and sing. You just always wanted to be on stage. I know from like, you said, uh, I saw an interview, you said five years old or something like that. You had that that energy and that want oh, to be. In oh, that. I mean, you know, when you were like a kid and they asked you what you wanted to be, I was like, I, I know I want to be a performer. I want to perform. Yeah. 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 That's, that's just in my blood. Yeah. Well, how did you get into, I mean, this isn't about the band, but how did you get into like the TV and all of that, you know, that you, that you did their movies? Like, I did um, theater. I was a theater major in college yeah. and um, did a lot of off. I, after school, moved to New York City and did a lot of off, off Broadway productions. Um, yeah. And I, I took a trip out to California and was thinking about transitioning to immersive theater or television, film television. And so I just, you know, like the cliche way I moved out and slept on a girlfriend's couch for like four months and found a job in California and um, got into a really cool immersive theater company and then met some people through that. And um, I also grew up in like a surf beach town and um, I'm very like in with the surf culture. So I knew some guys out there that were doing some on-camera work. Um, so between immersive theater and on-camera stuff with uh, surfing magazine and the WSL, that's kind of where I, I did my on-camera and on-stage work. Yeah, I saw some you had, uh, some of your surfing videos and uh, yeah. and some other videos that you, you happen to do also. Gene and uh, Yogi oh, You found Gene. Are we going to see her this trip? Uh, uh, does she hang out on the boardwalk? Oh, she does. Cokes she does. She does. <laughs> she should make an appearance. She, she actually she should. Do, do you have her? Do you have her outfits? You you know, handier. Funny you say that. I have an outfit of hers upstairs on the third floor. The only thing I don't have is her wig, but we, there's ways mm. of getting that you wig can, from the West Coast here. You can make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty clever. It's a good character. I like Thank it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
so, so tell me a little bit, uh, Drew, about your kind of upbringing with music and uh, and what was going on in your household when you were a kid. Oh yeah, well, when I was growing up, my dad had kind of eclectic tastes. He was a a, a straight guy that jammed ABBA blasting off the uh, turntable <laughs> all day, every day. So like, uh, I was, you know, like, spinning around the Dancing Queen when I was a kid. Look, uh, <laughs> the Foo Fighters brought it back. It's cool again, right? So uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Simon and Garfunkel was big in our mm-hmm. house, so maybe that inspired oh, yeah. The, yeah. my love for harmonies. And um, uh, they were BGs. Sorry. Yeah, the um, Foo Fighters was BGS. I'm sorry, I was thinking Abba, but Kara. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, Billy Joel was played a lot in the house uh, growing up, and then when I was 13, I heard Eddie Vedder on the radio for the first time singing "Daughter," and um, I was uh. grew up, I grew up outside of Seattle, and um, it was just like a life changing moment for me when I heard his voice. And that song, you know, singing from the perspective of a young girl, the storytelling and the lyrics and just the, the authenticity of his voice. Um, I just knew like at that moment, I was like, I have to be a, a singer songwriter, like that was it. And so I um, I, I, kind of uh, tried to be Pearl Jam from then. I went into college and um, I had a band that sounded an awful lot like that. And then, uh, but then I got exposed to all sorts of styles going to Berkeley up in Boston. Um, and I mean, I played jazz. I, I got into you know, like Stevie Wonder. Um, our friend Will, who we just recorded a song with him in his studio and Boston really got me into Southern rock for the first time. I, you know, discovered like the Almond Brothers and Chuck Lavelle on the piano became a big influence for me. Um, Black Crows, all that stuff. And uh, anyways, um, and then I had to recover from music school because I had been exposed to so much. I didn't really even know who I was as an artist <laughs> at the end. Yeah. Of it. And, uh, um, but yeah, I think, you know, got into Neil Young and CSN and, and really, Brandy Carlisle. When I, I went to high school with Brandy and another mammoth trip. Mammoth keeps coming back. Mm-hmm. Another mammoth trip. I, I was in the pop world, writing pop songs for other artists for a long time, and I was I was ready for a change. And I was driving up to Mammoth. This is before I met before our mammoth trip, and I heard uh, the Eye by Brandy Carlisle on on the radio. I didn't even know it was her. I heard those three part harmonies. And I thought, oh my God, I love this vibe. I want to do a project that sounds like this. And I didn't even know it was her. And then the DJ came on and said it was her. And um, six months later, uh, Preston and I were up in the same studio where that song was recorded with the same producers. And last year, Jackie was there with us in that Mm -hmm. same studio. And we recorded our new album there with the same producer, Jerry Streeter, who who works with Brandy to this day um, as, as one of her sound guys and also has had production credit on her albums. And anyhow, that's how we, that's a long winded way of how I got from 13 to uh, today. <laughs> hey, you know, it's, we have time, we have time here. So we're good. Huh? It's all about the stories, right? So mm-hmm. um, yeah, so you mentioned Jerry Streeter, you, you worked with him on uh, both of your uh, albums or is it the EP as well? The EP we did on our own, and that's the first time we have Jackie's vocals. That was back in 2019, um, and Jackie um, is, is featured on the Easy Times EP. Um, we did that one um, ourselves. Preston and I both um, produce. He's a he's a much better engineer and mixer than I am, but I claim I claim some some ability to produce mm-hmm. a little bit. And uh, <laughs> anyway, so we did that one on our own. But I think last year we we really wanted to just 
um, get into an environment where we could just really be together for a couple of weeks and collaborate and not have the distractions of our mm-hmm. our lives. And mm-hmm. so Bear Creek seemed to be the perfect environment for us to kind of go back to, or, you know, to find that space. Yeah, yeah. So tell me about working uh, uh, working with Jerry Streeter. Like, what what's the dynamic like? What is what does Jerry bring out of you? Ah, that Zen. man is magical. He, I, he's just, I, and I. That's funny. You looked over, knowing that I was going to melt when you asked that question. He's just. I don't know. Uh, I, he's the best to have at the helm. I just feel like he he knows. He's an observer of humans and how they interact, and he knows what each person needs. He feel it feels like he takes care of all of us um, in such a special way. And I don't know when you're when it's easy, it's magical. There's so much of a relaxing demeanor to everything that he's doing, but he gets things done. I I, I don't know. He's just the man, right? He's the man. I, well, one thing that blows my mind about Jerry is. Um, as a, a, somebody that's always, you know, trying not to be distracted myself, um, he can stay so focused for yeah. like 16 hours straight and he's just on it mm-hmm. and he's so aware. And even when you don't, you might be having a little small talk in the back. You don't think he's listening. He's listening to every single word you say and he's mixing a record at yeah. the same time. Mm-hmm. His brain is wow. just those multi-faceted right. brains. But, but I think he brings out a calmness and uh, he's authentic, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he's mm-hmm. not going to, settle for anything that he thinks is slightly cheesy and he's going to speak up about it and he's just not going to do it unless he feels like it's authentic yeah so, yeah he's that's... a and he's got like the kindest heart too just on top of it all he's yeah. just a he's a good man he's and he just man. became father like three weeks ago so yeah, wow. yeah. that's cool yeah. Yeah. yeah that's cool it changes everything you know fatherhood i yeah. tell you like nothing's the same after that <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah. So, so tell me about Preston and kind of your, the dynamic and working with him because you've been making music with him uh, for like 15 years, right, Drew? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I don't even know if I'd know how to do anything without Preston at this point. In my life. Me neither. Yeah. yeah. He's amazing. Um, he's just so, so talented on so many levels. You know, singer, guitarist, uh, writer, engineer, uh, and and I say tech this far down the list when he's like one of the techiest people I know. Mm-hmm. I mean, so he. He keeps everything up and running and well you know jack and i don't really know how to plug things in no. he knows how to like write the code I mean, we're, we're like struggling how to use this you know the square system when we're doing merch and you know Preston like wrote the code for square yeah. Like, yeah you put it you plug it in and then you swipe but, oh, for some okay. reason it's still it's still we still have a hard time with this you know you gotta gotta get it working to make the money that's where the money is right yeah. so is, is the merch um well, so uh, so kind of t- uh, talk. Let's talk about Jar of Hearts for a second, because that kind of interweaves us into the album in, uh, in a sense. But uh, Drew, that song for you. Tell me about working with Christina Perry on it, and and what that did for you and your career uh, as well. What was what? Talk to me about that song. Yeah, you know, I was at a period in my life where I was, you know, um, getting a little older and starting a family. And I, I decided I want to start writing for other people. And I wrote with pretty much everyone in town that would write with me. And years went by with nothing happening. And and uh, she, at the time, was a 23-year-old waitress um, with no record deal or nothing. And we spent a week together. And that was the third song we wrote. And then she had a friend that happened to uh, know the choreographer. So you think you can dance? Well, 
of the jokes we say from stage this tour is that uh, that's a show that I would never be featured on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, anyways, it, it, it charted. It was the craziest thing because they put her name on the TV. People around the country went and bought the song. And this back when there was still iTunes, you download, you could, you know, and, and so it, it charted with no radio, no record label and no nothing behind it. And so a few months later, um, you know, we were offered handsome publishing deals and she signed a big record deal. And um, I, I was then, I started going around the world writing with pop artists. So my life changed pretty abruptly. Um, and it was an extremely uh, fun and exciting time. I learned a lot, it was also extremely humbling and competitive and, um, and so I just, I got, you know, probably like seven or eight years of, of that world and that hustle where um, I, I, looking back on it now, it was just a great time to really just kind of learn. I got to work with a lot of people that were much better writers than I was and kind of learn from some of the best and um, met a lot of great people and met other people. And <laughs> it, was a, it was a heck of, ex, of an experience. But um, I think that's maybe the, the thing I take from it the most is that it got me that chance to really uh, grow as a writer. Um, that's probably what I take from it the most, just having another experience for all those years. Yeah, I was looking and I saw the video on YouTube and it's 412 million views, which is just insane, right? Like for any video, I mean, they have almost mm -hmm. half, a bit, half a billion views. And, and, and so, I mean, bringing it into the album, you guys ha have it on this album. How do you guys go, go back to that song? What, is, uh, what was the idea behind bringing it onto this album? I think just kind of having our interpretation of it and make, you know, bringing in the three parts and having Jackie's voice on it and imagine it more of an Americana setting. Mm -hmm. We, um, uh, part of that song, is actually a part that I, you know, I wrote is the bridge in the original that's uh, um, a little bit gothy. It's a little spooky and dark and we don't do that part in our version. So it's just a little bit of a, a different interpretation of the song. Americana twist. A little Americana twist, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's one of the cool things about your band too is that you each bring a piece to the puzzle. I mean, uh, to the, your musical style, and and it interlaces in a way that you know isn't very typical. Like you can change off singers uh, on songs, and uh, and your your passion for different types of music. Drew, with you being like country rock, uh, Jackie, you're you're the soul, right? And then and then Preston is classic rock, and this it all comes together into this beautiful feel you know, for your, for your style. How did that, how did that blend for you guys as you were determining what the sound looks like, especially with Jackie taking over the helm, you know, uh, in the band? It, um, I think that's actually something, it, it took us a couple of months to work out, just getting to know each other in the beginning and knowing, um, uh, using our, uh, each of our influences to, to marry together in something that felt really nice and comfortable. And it, I I feel like it happened very organically. Yeah. Just after you know a couple of years of getting to know each other, and I think um, I don't even know how how to say this, but like you know somebody telling you you have to do something a certain way, and us all and me not feeling like I I want to do something a certain way or be told I have to do something a certain way. Um, and knowing that we could take all of our influences and create magic out of out of all three of our our influences. Yeah, it's kind of like the business side telling you, well, what what are you? We want to put you in a little box. I mean, it's that cliche story, right? They want us to, to know exactly what what it is, and for us to kind of like commit to 
like being in an Americana band, for example, or for whatever style we're doing. And I think what's really fun about our new album is that it's kind of our non-commitment to <laughs> anything. Like we're just like, if we feel a little soulful, we're going to get a little soulful. And right. if we feel like rocking the F out, we're going to rock, <laughs> right, you know, right. and we're going to, you know, we're, it's, it's just fun. And, and I think that because we draw from so many styles, that's kind of that we, we did an album, which is the album that we would want to listen to, which mm -hmm. has all these styles and, and it keeps us kind of entertained and, and anyhow, so. Yeah, and you finished the album back in December. I mean, we should, I guess we should say the name of it, Multi-Trick Pony is the new album that comes out. It's a September, right? It's September 23rd. So like you yeah. finished it back in December and have been just kind of sitting on it since then. Like, I mean, how does it feel to kind of be at this point where it's almost coming out and, uh, and coming back, coming around full circle? feels pretty wild because I mean we're we're still we're still right now actively working on things I feel like it's never really ever done right mm -hmm. um but really exciting I mean actually it kind of feels surreal that in a couple of weeks it will be a full album that's dropping <laughs> um yeah we've, I mean, we've been getting mixes back and we've been using Brandon Bell who makes a lot of Brandy Carlisle stuff and it's been pretty exciting. I mean, we're seeing the songs really come to life um, in these mixes. And so we're at that stage now where we're just kind of doing little mini, you know, edits. Sprinklings. Sprinklings. Um, but I think especially playing the album live, it's just been fun. So much fun. Yeah, so, so we're, we're just fun. excited to share it with people and, and yeah. When you're when you're in this where when you were in the studio kind of working on it, did, were you thinking about how this will parlay live, what this will feel like when you bring it to the live audience? Yeah, I, I don't even know if I really. I feel like subconsciously this album was almost done to enhance our live show, to yeah. make our live show yeah. more exciting, yeah, to have more energy. Um, mm -hmm. So. We were, in a way, I think subconsciously writing, thinking very much about the yeah the show. about the live show itself. Yeah, and which mm -hmm. is why the album is played live um, mm -hmm. with um, Mark Pickerell is the drummer for the Screaming Trees, and he played on the album with us up in Seattle, and Jeremy Lightfoot, Lightfoot yeah, who's just awesome, so, sweetest, so awesome. most amazing, and just a dope bass yeah. player. Mm -hmm. God, he's sick, and his air piano playing is oh, video. Yeah, on yeah. He airplays one of my solos and it is. You want I to mean, talk about performer? Uh, he, he's intense, huh? Yeah. Well, it was it was somewhere between uh, Chris Farley and an animal from the Muppets. Yes, which was, yes. Was yes. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good combo. Yeah, I could painting a picture there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like it. And so uh, one song I want to note, you know, from the album, I did get a chance to listen to it uh, as well. And, um, and Hurt reminded me, I'm like, where, where is this, where is this bringing me back to? I had to kind of sit with it for a second. And it reminds me of Wilson Phillips' Hold On. Oh my God. <laughs> do, you, do you see that? <laughs> Yeah. yeah right yeah like oh I, I, i'm sure that wasn't intentional in any sense but like oh is it too late to change uh, no. <laughs> no no but uh like as you're as you're kind of creating it do you kind of see these influences in any sense in the music that you uh that you're creating like Wilson Phillips in particular, or just not in like, not not in particular. Like in every song, it's always Wilson Phillips, right? Yeah. <laughs> we we went we went from uh, Pearl Jam. Was it Pearl Jam? You said earlier uh, to, yeah. to Wilson Phillips. Yeah. 
Yeah, em- emulating. Her, I... You mean like just in general throughout the album? Is there just like just a general, just a general, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, like, you know, like we have some like a little bit of Tom Petty and Springsteen mm-hmm. influence on like songs like All In uh, or No Saints, and then um, like I like or Hold Me Back. What would that be? I mean, it's almost like some Black Crows and what, 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 the, what would the, um, what, when you sing it though, what does that remind you of? Like, I don't know. It's something, but I, I'd need a few <laughs> minutes. Like, like Come Back Together, I always think about like Wolfpack. Mm-hmm. I, whenever we were, when we were thinking about the production of that, I was, I had like Wolfpack in my head. Oh, Steve, you haven't heard that one yet. Oh, yeah, so. oh. No. The secret edition to the it's, album. Yeah, yeah. Ah, okay. Is it, is it? <laughs> no, I have, I have not heard that one. But it's uh, yeah. You're going to be adding a song onto the album. Mm-hmm. Everything that's fit that I've heard is is sticking with it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're there. Okay. Okay. Probably just have some uh, uh, things that aren't mixed yet in, mm-hmm. in your link, so they'll they'll come to life a lot more um, in the next few weeks. But yeah, I, I like it. And and for you, Drew, like um, when you're kind of uh, going back to Marie, your, your first album with the band and kind of to this new ch- kind of chapter, what does that look like for you in terms of your process of, um, you know, of writing? I, I think it's just kind of like having a wider spectrum of styles that we can work with now um, without kind of being beholden to the folk uh, Americana rock thing. And then the, the lyrics are drawing, because we're collaborating more, so the lyrics are drawing from our, our you know, collective experiences together and um and, and it, it's just uh I think we just have a license to kind of rock out a little more on this one and that's what's been fun um about it and so it just feels like a feels like a step forward it feels like the next chapter yeah um I want to ask you also about um you know when you released easy times it was like right before COVID hit um and um, and so what was the challenge for, you know, that kind of came along with that with releasing an album and then not being able to tour and support it? Well, we were kind of like riding, riding high right there in March. We, we were, were on tour, yeah. selling out shows mm-hmm. and yeah. our agent was through, everything was going great. And we had just put out the songs and, and we were getting some nice radio play and it just seemed like things were, were just about to pop. Yeah, that was tough. That was a tough. Yeah that was a tough moment. It just, it felt like the, it was, the momentum was there and then the world shut down. Um, but, you know, in hindsight, we had the next year and a half to write Multi-Trick Pony. And to also, I mean, we were, even though we were being safe, um, we yeah. were Zooming or we were meeting on the front lawn. And when things got, you know, more safe, we were in the studio all the time together. We were writing, we were creating. Um, so, I mean, maybe like a blessing in disguise, we had a year and a half of really honing in our, our creative collaboration, which was great. Yeah. And from a creative perspective, Jackie, like, are, is, are you all in on this project or do you, uh, still kind of scratch that itch with, uh, um, your other, um, performing endeavors, I guess you'd say. No, I'm definitely, I mean, I'm all in. I, I think yeah. I, I'm, I'm all in. Um, I mean, I can, you know, I can, I could. If something else pops up, I can work it around the Dales, but I'm, you know, this is, my heart is just so much in this and I love these guys and I feel we have something very special. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm in. 
I like it. Um, so tell me about how the live dynamic has been, I mean, in terms of the audiences and being able to, uh, to play some of these new songs live and get, uh, get out, you know, um, playing on tour. Well, last night was, was really, everything's been great so far, um, but we, we were really grateful last night that we had a sold out show uh, for Boston and um, playing for a crowd that we've, we've played for a couple of years now. Um, and yeah, having just like, getting the feedback of everybody really loving the new material and returning after seeing us, you know, just like building these markets. Um, it feels great. And I, and I, I mean, maybe I'm this like crazy optimist, but I just, I have this feeling like the whole tour is going to feel that way. Yeah, last night was cool because we were just so surprised there were so many people we didn't know there. Oh like, yeah, that's yeah, that's like, nice too when it's we not were, just friends. Like this, I, you were here for? Are you sure you went to the right venue? Yeah. Like, <laughs> do you know where you were going? And uh, anyhow, yeah. so that was really, really special. And mm -hmm. and um, uh, so there's this sense of that that you know we've been doing this for a while, but there's a sense that there's maybe a bit of traction that we're starting to to get mm -hmm. and, that it's working. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. You had a chance to support Mark Broussard on uh, on tour, and tell me about that experience. I mean, I've, I've interviewed him a couple of times, and he's he's awesome. He's a great live performer, also. And what was it like going yeah. going with him? He's such a great. He's such a nice guy, and the camp he travels with, everybody that mm. he travels with, is so easy to work with and so much fun. Um, that was a great opportunity for us, and also these beautiful halls and theaters that he plays in um you know i i had never played in in venues like that before um i just felt so grateful to you know especially for three-part harmony like the tarrytown music yeah we got we got spoiled by that and, and totally his, his fans too are just were so awesome because they were supportive and they were there early they watched us they gave us a lot of great support mm -hmm. and um it was just really a positive experience all the way around and he's yeah. such a seasoned performer. It's it's a, a really great experience for us to just see somebody who's been doing it for so long and is, is so comfortable and, and just work in the crowd. It's inspiring mm -hmm. for, for us to kind of learn from him a bit and take some cues. And, mm -hmm. you know, so he's definitely inspired us and influenced us for, for our performance, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, as, as we went out, what does the rest of the year look, uh, look like for you? I mean, you, do you have a, a lot more touring planned? I mean, once the album's out and everything? Yeah, we go after um, this tour. We're in Arizona for a little one-off show um, uh, September 1st, and then we'll be uh, Pacific Northwest. We're going to do um, Portland, Seattle, uh Chico. Talent, Oregon don't forget talent, talent Oregon, Oregon. <laughs> I was trying to find uh, some of Portland and Chico and <laughs> so we're gotta have a place to stop there you know it's yeah. a long drive yeah. yeah um and then hopefully Eric can I back that well oh well yeah we're gonna we'll, we'll, we'll book it yeah, yeah. We're, we'll, we'll do a big LA show too um probably in the new year but we have uh Santa Barbara and, mm -hmm. and um, Sacramento. And so we're basically going to be, you know, there's like 17 tour dates on this, this tour. So it's kind of like a East coast and then the West coast and, and then uh, probably lead us right back into the East coast again. We usually do uh, the East coast, March and August uh, spring and, and late summer. So probably lead us right back in and hopefully you'd start to write another yeah, album. Yeah, write another album. So <laughs> yeah. that's nice. Next thing on the docket. Yeah. Ready for the next, right? Um, 
Do you do you know do you know when the Sacramento show is by chance? I think I saw the Chico one. I'm not sure if I saw Sacramento. Uh, October second. Is that October second? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Well, uh, I want to thank you for your time, October second. Okay, I might be able to make that one. Uh, so oh, I'm gonna. Uh, yeah. Please yeah. let us know if you can. Let's We'd know. love to see you. We'll yeah. Put you on the VIP list. And, very, yeah. very, very exclusive. <laughs> very exclusive. Very, and very, and very important. I'll tell you. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, no, that'd be cool. Yeah, I'm. I'm not far from Sacramento. I'm actually in Vacaville, uh, which is like 45 minutes away. So. Um, and that's a non-kid night. I have shared custody and everything. So, uh, <laughs> so it should you then. Yeah, let us know. That was the interview with the Dales here on Concert Pipeline, and that takes us to the final segment on the program: the music news. <laughs> couple of stories to wind out the program what's going on in the music world uh, only the most important and relevant news is is hitting today uh, and of course that's got to start with Snoop Dogg he's launched a new animated children's series called Doggy Land uh, it's led by a cast of dogs that teach kids about social and emotional skills through dance and song uh, so um, it was formerly titled Doggy Land Kids Songs and Nursery Rhymes but it's available to watch on YouTube and YouTube Kids. Uh, Snoop is partnering with an uh, Emmy-nominated creator of kids franchise Hip Hop Harry and singer-songwriter October London. Uh, and so Snoop Dogg said, as a father, grandfather, and longtime youth football coach, it's always been important to me to build positive and educational environments for all children. We want to bring our show to YouTube and YouTube Kids, which provides free access to everyone so all the kids can enjoy it. Um, and he says, I've always wanted to create a kid-friendly series that lets kids be kids and is truly representative of the culture with uh, everything from the music to the characters. When I started to build my team, it was only right to partner with Claude, who created the iconic series Hip, Harry, Hip Hop Harry, uh, which built the blueprint to diverse kids programming, and October London, a talented singer and songwriter. There's four episodes that were made available at the show's launch. Uh, with subsequent episodes airing every Tuesday. So Snoop is doing it all. Uh, Britney Spears, don't hear about her a lot in terms of music, but she feels overwhelmed as she prepares to return with new Elton John collaboration. Uh, and so she's um, ending her six year hiatus to release a new collaboration with Elton John. They, titled, uh, they teamed up uh, to make a song called Hold Me Closer, which includes an uh, interpolation of the chorus from John's 1971 classic, Tiny Dancer, and uh, is out now. Uh, and this is first, Spears' first material since her most recent album, which was 2016's Glory. Uh, and so she took to Twitter, she wrote, okie dokie, my first song in six years. It's pretty damn cool that I'm singing with one of the most classic men of our time. I'm kind of overwhelmed. It's a big deal to me. I'm meditating more and learning my space is valuable and precious. She said, I'm learning every day as a clean slate uh, to try and be, uh, be a better person and do what makes me happy. Yes, I choose happiness today. Uh, I tell myself every day to let go of the hurt, bitterness, and try to forgive myself and others to what may have been hurtful. So if you're a Britney Spears fan or Elton John fan, or you love the song Tiny Dancer, you know, maybe we're checking out that song from, uh, from Britney Spears that she, uh, she rolled out. 
So there's another uh, recent classic rock artist that is making bank in terms of selling their back uh, catalog, and that is Pink Floyd. They're set to make 400 million pounds, um, you know, through the, through this sale, and they follow in the footsteps of Neil Young, Bob Dylan, and Bruce Springsteen, uh, who sold the rights to their work over recent years, um, and so they uh, were selling their whole catalog with the that, that being the price that they were looking at. The Times has reported uh, that um, the private equity group Blackstone is battling with major labels, Sony, Warner, BMG, and more to seal the deal. Uh, so this sale would include Pink Floyd's songs and master recordings. It comes after they reunited, reunited earlier this year for a new song, Hey, Hey, Rise Up, their first original material since 1994's Division Bell album. I did not know that they had made new material, so I'll have to check that out. Uh, it was a release to draw attention to Russia's invasion of Ukraine and to raise funds for those affected by the war with all proceeds uh, from the song donated to Ukrainian humanitarian relief. Uh, and in a statement, David Gilmore, uh, who has a Ukrainian family, explained that the band released the song to draw attention uh, to the war and to raise money. Uh, we want to express our support for Ukraine and in that way show that most of the world thinks that it's totally wrong for a superpower to invade the independent democracy country, democratic country that Ukraine has become. Uh, so they forgot that song accordingly. And uh, then they went to sell off all their music. So that is uh, Pink Floyd. Um, all right, so big, big concert coming up um, September 3rd from London, UK in Wembley Stadium. We like to wind out with Foo Fighters news if we can. This is some of the biggest of the Foo Fighters news and that is the Taylor Hawkins tribute concert. There are two concerts, one in the UK and one down south in Southern California uh, that's happening at the end of September. Um, and so the Taylor Hawkins tribute concert uh, is presented by the Foo Fighters and the Hawkins family. Um, it includes performances from Travis Barker, Nandy Bushel, the um, young girl who uh, had the drum off with Dave Grohl and, uh, and gained massive stardom and partnered with so many rock bands. Uh, uh, it's incredible. I mean, she's a force to be reckoned with. Uh, who, who else? Chevy Metal, Taylor Hawkins' other band, uh, Liam Gallagher, Violet Grohl, Dave Grohl's daughter. Um, Let's see, Justin Hawkins, uh, Josh, Joshua Hom, uh, Chrissy Hine, uh, Brian Johnson, John Paul Jones. There's so many. Chris Novoselic from Nirvana as well. Uh, Lars Ulrich was added. Wolfgang Van Halen. There's a special appearance by Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock. Uh, so huge uh, lineup. And you can um, you can stream the concert also through, uh, you know, some several different channels um, that uh, I guess Paramount Plus it can, people in the US can watch it on Paramount Plus, MTV's YouTube channels will also be broadcasting it globally. Um, so there's uh, uh, there are ways to watch that on the 3rd of, uh, of September. Um, definitely want to check that out. While we're talking Dave Grohl, you know, um, we, we, Dave Grohl in true fashion uh, showed up and uh, did something really freaking awesome at a uh, at a concert. He's not making many appearances lately, but uh, but this is one that he he did make, and that is uh, with Beck. So he sat in with Beck for uh, Seals and Croft Classic at L uh, LA's tiny Largo Theater. Uh, I mean, I haven't been to the Largo, but 
uh, it seems like a you know pretty small place to be for performance. And he made one of his first public appearances since the March death of Taylor Hawkins. Uh, um, and he, let me see, the, they did the classic Summer Breeze alongside Beck, who was also joined on stage by Jack Black and Kyle Gass of Tenacious D, uh, which is awesome. And, you know, Dave Grohl was a drummer for Tenacious D's album, uh, you know, many years ago. They played The Devil in their, in their music video. Uh, and producer Greg Kirsten, who uh, is, it was in the, um, what was it, the Hanukkah uh, Chronicles, or, or uh, I forget what the name of the, the songs were, but all the, all the songs that Dave Grohl did over Hanukkah several years back, and then they played at Bottle Rock uh, together, and there's video of that on Concert Pipeline's YouTube page, we're one of the few to have video of that performance, where they performed all eight songs uh, that they did uh, over YouTube live. So, um, and then also John C. Riley, musician and actor uh, as well. So big old show, it was put on by Judd Apatow. So of course he's gonna bring everybody together and anybody who's, anybody wants to be part of whatever it is that Judd Apatow does, right? So uh, incredible, incredible uh, cast and performance and uh, would have been cool to see live. Uh, so that's what's going on in the music world. Uh, and also that is our show for today. So I wanna thank you for tuning in, uh, appreciate it. Um, and next time on the program, we'll either have Connor Maynard or I believe Haley and the Crushers might be on the, on the program. We have a couple of things in the works. So uh, thank you. Thank you for tuning in and liking and subscribing. For all of us here at Concert Pipeline, I'm Steve Jones. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>